Today's episode of Dog Nation Daily is brought to you by Meriwether and Tharp, your source for Georgia divorce. Find them online at theatlantadivorceteam.com. Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adams. One of the things I talked about the other day is the way it seems like recruiting's playing on the 2024 cycle where you don't have nearly as much mystery as you used to. Take a prospect like Dylan Riola. Pretty much everyone knew who was coming to Georgia, and he did. Look at Justin Williams this week, the five-star linebacker. Pretty much everyone knew he was coming to Georgia, and he did. Demarcus Riddick, until yesterday, a Georgia commit, pretty much knew everyone was that he was. Everyone knew that he was likely to leave this Georgia class. Yesterday, he did. More on that coming up. By the way, in a moment, that there's just a little bit less of the plot twists and the intentional swerves, the idea of, like, say, Hulk Hogan joining the NWO. We don't have as much of that in recruiting as seemingly we used to. But every now and then, you are kind of, you know, forced to kind of take a look here at what sort of feels like a little bit of an old-school recruiting story where there is, I think, some legitimate, authentic mystery around a decision. And it's one in which I think a lot of Georgia fans, and boy, when I'm out and about and talking to folks, this is one of those conversations that comes up a lot. People are really intrigued by what's going to happen on August fifth when the five-star athlete kj bolden from buford georgia he's a safety if he goes to georgia uh what kind of decision he is going to make now yesterday we had a really fun event it was the very first ever georgia high school football media day i was there our friends at score atlanta put it on obviously as a part of those high school football broadcasts on peachtree tv had a chance to be there and kind of represent there on that i talked to a lot of really good coaches and players yesterday that was a fun discussion had a chance to talk to a in one case a georgia commit and uh, justice terry big uh, great looking defensive lineman for the class of 2025 that was fun ethan barber a georgia target for the class of 2025 a, a terrific tight end that was a fun uh, conversation there as well so i had a chance to kind of interact with some guys yesterday but while I was doing this show, before I was able to get over there for the media day event, the Buford Wolves also rolled in there as well. That means Dylan Riola was there, his kind of debut, I guess, as a Georgia high school football player. K.J. Bolden was there, too. To give you an idea of how, like, sort of jam-packed we are on today's show, we got fresh content involving Dylan Riola. But I'm going to probably save that for tomorrow just because we've got so much other stuff to get to, including the bold and stuff here right now, because I just think it's that interesting. And I do think it's a little bit of a what I'll think of as kind of a throwback recruitment where, you know, the days of, ooh, there is mystery, there is intrigue. It sort of feels like a little bit of a soap opera, which I kind of like. I mean, I'm into that kind of stuff. Y'all know I kind of jokingly call myself a carnival barker. I mean, I just sort of like drama. I, I, I have a very high tolerance for drama pre-signing day. Once a player signs the letter of intent and you know goes on campus, at that point in time, I'm ready for him to buckle his chin strap and get to work. But if you want to create some fun and entertainment prior to that, I'm all here for it. It is, after all, good content, which that's what we're in the business of hopefully providing. But the point is, is yesterday, K.J. Bolden kind of talked about some stuff that would lead you to believe there are some interesting waves kind of rolling maybe behind the scenes with his recruitment because one of the questions our Jeff Sintel asked and by the way if you want to hear the entire interview with KJ Bolden because I cannot play you everything that Bolden said yesterday I'm not even sure I can give you the full context of everything with Bolden from yesterday but last night on Before the Hedge is presented by Kroger on those Dog Nation video channels you can see for yourself everything that KJ had to to say yesterday but there's a couple of things in particular I want to highlight here you know Jeff asked KJ about the process of making the announcement it's a very interesting question of you know will you tell the coaches to 
you know, where you're not going, when you let them know that you're not going there, you know, or are you just going to kind of reveal this to the world on August the 5th? Because the other day we heard from Nate Frazier, the uh, running back who George is obviously chasing down right now out of the state of California. Frazier put out on Twitter the other, the other day that he has been going through the process of telling some coaches, no, I'm not coming here. It seems like he is certainly getting ready to announce his decision if he hasn't already made that privately himself. So KJ was kind of asked this yesterday. You know, are you going to be telling folks how many people will kind of know behind the scenes? And KJ said something very interesting in terms of, uh, you know, just how much he wants to try to keep this a secret right now. Now, before I play the clip, let me say this. This is a high school kid talking. You know, sometimes they don't speak quite as loud. There's a little bit of room noise here. So this isn't probably the world's best audio, but it's KJ Bolden talking about his recruitment from yesterday. Of course, you want to hear it. So listen to it, and then I'll kind of give you more context for what Bolden says about just how secretive he wants this process to be. I really wanted it to be like a surprise. I don't really want nobody to know. Like, even the school I'm going to, I really don't even want them to know. I just want to commit and everybody figure out that day. What about family? Are they going to know? Or are they going to be surprised? Oh, no, nobody knows. Hey, I'm just going to be the only one to know. Me and probably like my cameraman or someone. Yeah. <laughs> So Bolden says there he doesn't want anybody to know the decision he's making. He doesn't want the coaches to know of the ones that were kind of pursuing him. He doesn't want his family to know. He says the only ones who are going to know this decision are going to be me and my cameraman. Now, cameraman over the years will tell you they've been on a commitment videos that got filmed that never saw the light of day because they were a commitment to a school the player didn't go to i'm assuming that's not gonna be the case here uh with bolden but bolden says i'm gonna try to keep this really tight this is gonna be a very closed circle in terms of who gets to know about all of this i don't even want my family or the other coaches to know the decision that i'm going to make now that's an interesting statement and yet for most georgia fans they would say well even with all of that I still believe that K.J. Bolden is coming to George. I believe for the majority of our audience who watches or listens to this show, I believe they would say, I think that Bolden's going to go to UGA. In fact, there was even some stuff yesterday, whether it be, you know, almost said this during the interview or I guess he gave some video that got shot. I wasn't there at the time, but there was some video that got shot where he kind of gave a go dogs on the way out the door that you know, there were a lot of Georgia fans who were sort of led to believe that I think Bolden is going to go to UGA, no matter how much he may say there, he wants to keep all this process secretive. And there is no doubt that KJ is more than happy to talk openly about his feelings about Georgia. He has visited there, I believe, far more than he's visited anywhere else. The proximity obviously helps with that. He talked yesterday about the fact that his new high school teammate, Dylan Riola, has been recruiting him to come to Georgia. So there is certainly no absence of evidence that the Georgia Bolden relationship is strong. In fact, KJ talked a little bit about that yesterday, his feelings on Georgia, his connection with Georgia, the push that he gets from Kirby Smart in particular. Here's more from KJ Bolden talking about that. Georgia definitely made me a top priority on, you know, I, got, I think I went on the visit like 16 times. Uh, I think I heard that. It's crazy, but they definitely made me a top priority. You know, every time I go up there, Chris Kirby, they make sure he have a meeting with me every time. Coach Frank, as much as all they, they, uh, they sit me down. Talk about the defense, talk about how they're going to use me, things like that. Talk about the defense, talk about how they're going to use me. Also, he kind of talked in that same interview, and this is why you should actually go back and watch the full thing on Before the Hedge is presented by Kroger, about the specific relationship he has with Kirby Smart, the fact that he knows that Smart's going to be there for a long time. You know, There are a lot of coaches that you're not – 
quite so sure you could say the same thing for and the fact that Kirby Smart has a ability to relate to him as more than just like the adult figure the coach who's telling you what to do but there's a little bit more of a personal connection he sort of feels with Kirby because of the fact that you know Kirby is still a relatively young guy but also you know kind of just sort of has a little bit of a young vibe about him and it seems like that's something that KJ Bolden really likes so I'm not really in the prediction business when it comes to stuff like this I'm not sure y'all would you know value my prediction all that much anyway but if I did make the prediction, yeah, I, I do think K.J. Bolden's coming to Georgia. But the caveat to all of this is when you got the player saying, you know, go dogs on his way out of the uh, media day event, you know, we've kind of heard that stuff before. And it's not always as predictive as maybe the casual fan might think that it might be. And undoubtedly, for those of us who probably spend more time on the Internet sort of absorbing this information than we probably should, there is no doubt been a lot of chatter about Bolden and other places. Clearly, Ohio State thinks they're a factor in this. You got Florida State, who's you know kind of rattling pots and pans down there in Tallahassee. They think they're a factor in all of this. So I guess my overall feeling here is, is that would I be willing to go on the record and uh, state that I believe that K.J. Bolden's coming to Georgia? Yeah, I, I do. I think that Bolden's coming to Georgia. Would I bet my mortgage on that? I probably would hold off on that. I'd be willing to ruin my reputation, but I'm not quite sure I'd be willing to risk my mortgage if you get the point here when it comes to the K.J. Bolden thing. And this is where we kind of lead ourselves to maybe the most interesting thing that Bolden said, you know, overall yesterday. And if you take this at face value, I think it does cause all of us to, I guess, at least reconsider a little bit about how we think this Bolden recruitment's playing out. The fact that, you know, KJ has admitted that even in like the last little bit, last couple of weeks here, some events have transpired that have caused him to kind of rethink the decision he thought he was going to make. So if you've been kind of steadfast with the belief that KJ Bolden is coming to Georgia, some of what Bolden said yesterday would maybe be a little bit eyebrow raising. Let me let you hear this for yourself, and then we can kind of judge what it all means. Once again, KJ from yesterday before the hedge is presented by Kroger. That happened to me like three weeks ago. Um, I had like a school I was ready already, and then I had talked to like I had got from one of the coaches that was trying to recruit me, and like it just changed my mindset like all of it completely up. So it had took me a lot longer time to think about the process, but now I'm starting to think. I'm starting to figure out how things I got to learn. So what KJ says there is, is that he thought he had his mind made up a couple of weeks ago. Coach kind of got in his ear, gave him some sort of pitch or whatever else that apparently caused him to rethink the whole deal. Now you start trying to think, well, was it Georgia that he was a believer in? And was it one of these, you know, Ohio State or Florida State, you know, uh, ne'er-do-wells who tried to kind of get involved there and, uh, and, and, and you know, kind of change this trajectory? I guess we're left to guess there on that. But it does certainly open the door, you know, for the idea that, that hey, you know, maybe behind the scenes this has been playing out with a little bit more mystery and intrigue than maybe some Georgia fans have sort of thought that it was. I mean, ultimately, August 5th, when K.J. makes his decision, you're talking about one of the top 10 players in the country, by the way. Ultimately, on August 5th, when K.J. Bolden makes his decision, I mean, there's going to be a lot of drama on this. A lot of folks really interested. Now, there's interested. Now, there's also, you know, kind of the belief that the ultimate battle for KJ may extend beyond just this initial commitment announcement. But Georgia fans feel like they're in a good spot. You have to acknowledge that schools like Ohio State and Florida State, maybe Alabama, uh, I guess possibly Auburn, been a little bit of a factor in all this there as well. But pretty interesting insight there yesterday. No one denies the Georgia relationship between 
uh, Bolden and the dogs is uh, very strong here. But you're led to believe, based on the other stuff that KJ said, he likes the mystery, he likes the secrecy, and he's had some stuff that's kind of caused him to kind of cloud his judgment and kind of rethink what he was initially thinking. What does all this add up to? I guess on August 5th, we'll find out together. My name is Brandon Adams, and this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. We are presented today by Meriwether and Tharp, and happy to have you with us no matter how you get to us today. Live on video, 10 a.m., Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch. We're on the radio at noon on Athens Sports Radio 960 The Ref. We're available as a podcast no matter where you get to us, Apple, Spotify, uh, the worldfamousdognation.com. And today is episode 1997. You don't care about that, but it's fun for us because we look ahead to Tuesday and the 1000th episode of this program coming up on, if I'm doing the math correctly, uh, that gets to Tuesday for episode number 2000, which is kind of a cool deal for us. I like big round numbers. That is certainly a big round number. We've been doing this since August of 2015. Rarely ever miss a day. Uh, that's when we call it Dog Nation Daily. And on Tuesday, we celebrate episode 2000. I, I just, it, it's a fun thing. I'm excited about it. We'll try not to be you know, too self-serving and all that. But at the same time, I am truly very proud to have been able to be in this spot, uh, although the spot, the studio has changed so much over the years. But I'm proud to be able to do all of that and continue doing that for, we hope, as many thousands of episodes more into the future by the way i could not do it without great friends like meriwether and tharp terrific sponsor your source for georgia divorce meriwether and tharp is terrific but uh, but certainly we will be happy to acknowledge the divorce process itself may not feel terrific to you certainly the sort of set of circumstances that led you to that conclusion clearly has been you know something that's probably been very heavy and weighty and at Meriwether and thought they respect that. They know that this is not something that you enter into lightly. This is not something that you enter into without full consideration of exactly how it's going to impact you, whether it comes to your finances, which obviously is a very important part of this conversation, relationship you have with your children. Uh, you know, clearly that's a big part of how the divorce process can impact you in a very real way. And at Meriwether and thought they understand that. That's why they want to be your source for Georgia divorce. And listen, Here's the thing you got to understand is that when it comes to getting through this, having a proper plan in place is the first step towards getting yourself to a satisfactory outcome. And that's what Meriwether and Tharp is all about, explaining options to you, walking through the ways in which the law can impact you in maybe ways you haven't even fully considered, because that's the kind of institutional knowledge and expertise you gain when the attorneys of Meriwether and Tharp go through cases like maybe maybe yours thousands and thousands of times before you just develop knowledge and you become acquainted with the intricacies of the law and that's what our friends at Meriwether and Tharp provide so please find them online the Atlanta divorce team.com the Atlanta divorce team.com Meriwether and Tharp is your source for Georgia divorce all right so we got a couple of things coming up here in a moment two great guests today it's David Green later on the former Georgia quarterback Dave and I are part of a really fun event on Saturday we get a chance to also meet the former Georgia coach Mark Richt I'll tell you more about that in a little bit before we're done today. Also, one of my main reasons for wanting to have David on the show is he had some very personal interaction with Mike Bobo back when David was a player at UGA. David gives you good insight on that today and some stuff with the Georgia quarterback conversation, all that with David Green coming up. Terrence Edwards, as per usual, on a Thursday there as well. We'll look forward to doing that. Let me also, while I have your attention, give you some quick housekeeping on this. Don't forget, we have ongoing right now 
are celebrating teachers event courtesy of our friends at Kroger. So please go to dognation.com if you haven't done this yet and nominate a teacher to be one of our outstanding teachers. It's the week of August 7th. Each day that week, we're going to announce our outstanding teachers winners courtesy of our friends at Kroger. And each teacher that wins is going to get a collection of four incredible gift cards, including $100 to Kroger and $50 to Home Chef and Bath and Body Works and Target. But the really cool thing is, is that not only are our teachers winners here, the nominators of those teachers, if the person you nominate becomes one of our winners, you're a winner there as well. You get a $50 gift card to Kroger and a Dog Nation gift bag, which includes a T-shirt, some other cool stuff there as well. So that's like a $100 value in its own right. So the bottom line is, is that we're celebrating outstanding teachers. Our nominated teachers, those who win, get an incredible collection of gift cards. And if the teacher you nominate wins, you get a great prize there as well, collection of prizes as the nominator. So go to dognation.com. We're kind of coming down to the wire on getting these nominations in. We'll give you more update on that tomorrow. But go to dognation.com, get in on this, nominate a great teacher, and you yourself could be a winner there as well. We're excited about back to school. Our friends at Kroger are there too. So make sure you check out all the information on that. All right, now let's get back to the uh, topic at hand here, UGA recruiting. Let's go around the doghouse. Uh, presented today by our friends at Serve Pro. Georgia got some news yesterday, not unexpected if you've been listening to the show and kind of around the Georgia football conversation for a while, but nonetheless, kind of a big headline. The fact that Demarcus Riddick, one of the top linebackers in the country, as most folks kind of expected him to do, did decommit from Georgia yesterday as, as he made his pledge to Auburn. Now, later on in the program today, one of the things we're going to talk about here, and I'll show you the uh, Riddick screen grab, uh, the uh, nice edit that uh, he kind of put out of his uh, commitment to Auburn yesterday. Kind of a, <laughs> I don't know why Hugh Freeze looks weird to me in that picture. I guess there are a lot of f- photos in which Freeze looks pretty weird. But Freeze standing next to uh, Demarcus Riddick there seems a, a little bit strange to me. What was the old line? Uh, uh, <laughs> was it like Suge Knight talking about, you know, the producer wanting to be all up in the videos? Uh Something about Hugh Freeze taking up half the space in the Marcus Riddick's commitment announcement seems a little bit like that to me, a little bit. But uh, but nonetheless, uh, Riddick does commit to Auburn yesterday. Uh, obviously, a big deal for the Tigers, and I think a really big deal for the other in-state team in Alabama who did not get Riddick service. We're going to talk about what this means from a Crimson Tide standpoint before the show is done, but admittedly Auburn got a uh, big win yesterday Georgia clearly would have loved to have had Demarcus Riddick in the class that's why he was a Georgia commit up until now now obviously Georgia has had a lot of irons in the fire when it comes to the linebacker position they have seemingly known the Riddick thing was heading this way for quite some time you know that may have been part of the motivation for getting the Justin Williams thing kind of closed out here this week huge announcement Williams is as good a linebacker prospect as I've ever seen I mean he's just absolutely a bullet on the football field when it comes to pursuing the football and you you love everything about his frame and his size and everything else this is just a really really exciting prospect the number one linebacker in the country for a reason but Riddick's also really good too so a lot of Georgia fans have been kind of left to wonder well you know what's next well you know you know what does this mean especially you can always tell too when like an announcement like this comes out on Twitter and I don't mean this is disrespect because fans are busy people got stuff going on they don't you know inject this intravenously the way that a lot of us do not everybody's able to do that um so when you see riddick leaving the class for some people this was new information yesterday for some people this was their first encounter with oh gosh you know you know riddick's leaving here you know you know what, what's going on but the good news here is is we have specific tangible evidence that while some fans were caught off guard by this because they're just busy they don't have time to keep up with everything that's going on georgia was not caught off by this at all 
They have been talking to other linebackers very openly and very, very continuously that that Georgia has been in its pursuit of you know other big time linebackers with a very real awareness that Demarcus Riddick was likely heading somewhere else. One of those guys is uh, Chris Jones, four star out of the state of uh, Virginia. And I kind of joke with some of our video audience about this before the regular show started that right now Georgia's kind of involved with two linebackers from Virginia, both with the first name Chris. This is not going to end well for me. The idea that I'm going to be able to keep these two guys <laughs> separated and not call one one thing when I actually mean the other, there's very little chance that I'm going to get this right. This is this is not a very easy uh, putt for me when it comes to two guys from the same state at the same position, both having the same first name. This is destined to be uh, a comedy of errors for me at some point in time. But the point is, is Christopher Jones, one of those guys, was on with Jeff Sintel last night as well on Before the Hedges presented by Kroger. So, if you were caught off guard by the Riddick news yesterday, if that's not something you expected to see, big-time prospect decommitting from Georgia and going to Auburn, rest assured that the Georgia coaches have been working past this and beyond this for quite some time. Jones told us that last night. Here he is with Jeff Sintel. I'm not taking any more visits uh, this weekend. Uh, the connection between me and Georgia have been pretty good. You know, uh, I just got off the phone with Coach Schumann uh, last week talking to him You know about uh, you know the DeMarcus uh, Riddick situation. And, uh, you know, and just uh, stuff moving forward. Yes, sir. When you think about why Georgia is appealing to you, what sticks out here? Um, it's basically the same thing as last time. Uh, just the development at Georgia is going to be a second to none. Uh, being coached under Coach Schumann, one of the best uh, linebackers coaches in college football. So it's, it's still the same thing. Listen, I'm not going to say anything about Riddick as a player. I think he's an outstanding player. But it's important to note that when Riddick made the decision he made yesterday – within the circles of certain recruits this was viewed as a very good thing you know some georgia fans were kind of caught off guard and they're like well is this bad news how do you respond to all this guys like chris jones says if he don't want that spot i do at least you might be led to believe he might think that way and chris cole might be kind of thinking the same thing too we'll find out more about their decisions when they're ready to make them but this idea that riddick leaving created a real opportunity to get on the phone with glenn schumann and schumann to get on the phone with uh jones all of a sudden this is a fun conversation of wait you tell me there's a spot you tell me riddick doesn't want to be in here you tell me he don't want to be a part of the two-time national champions well maybe i do maybe this is the right spot for me maybe for chris cole it's kind of the same thing here that that you know, for some Georgia fans, it's obviously bad news when a player of the caliber of Riddick decides to go somewhere else. But for plenty of recruits, you get the impression that it was a very good thing because the oldest cliche in the book is spots are tight. There's not enough room for all the players who want to come. That has never been more true anywhere than it is for Georgia's 2024 class for right now. And if a spot opens up, much like a reservation at a hard-to-get restaurant, people are diving for it. And Christopher Jones and his uh, counterpart there in the state of Virginia, Chris Cole, may be in kind of the uh, same situation there. So once again, it's another reason to watch Jeff Sintel from last night, who, by the way, also had Dylan Ryle on the show. We'll get to more of that tomorrow. Uh, but it sounds like a lot of linebackers, at least a couple of very good ones, see the opportunity now at Georgia as a much better option, given the fact that Demarcus Riddick has decided he wants to go elsewhere. More on that story as it develops. And for now, that was around the doghouse presented today by our friends at serve pro and listen 
when it comes to a Georgia recruiting, there's really very little in the way of messes to clean up. Georgia seems to be pretty buttoned up and pretty professional about all of that. Things go smooth sailing just exactly the way you want every single day. Well, guess what? For most of us in our own life, it's not that way. We got messes all the time. Something happens at your home, and sometimes it can be serious, and this is not something to joke about. You have fire damage. You have, you know, major water intrusion. You know, these types of things leave a huge, huge mess to be cleaned up. And let's be frank. I don't have the patience for that. I don't know how to do that. Um, you know, it just seems like a daunting task. I'd have to sell my house if I had something like that, you know, pop up. If not for our friends at ServPro, because the restoration specialist at ServPro, this is what they do on a daily basis. They are almost like magicians when it comes to getting all of your mess cleaned up and putting it all back together like it never happened. That's really what they're all about. When you come back into that, you know, home that you live in, commercial property that your business is run out of, maybe it's a rental property, something like that. When you come back to that property, you're going to see it as it was before the damage ever even occurred, whether it was fire or water or anything else. That's what our friends at Surpro are all about. Each franchise also independently owned and operated there as well. So it's time to get involved and find out what Surpro Pro can do for you. They're restoration specialists if you're in need of that. Servpro.com is the website. It's spelled S-E-R-V. Servpro.com for more on that today. So busy show for us. We'll continue. It's David Green before we're done. Uh, a lot to get into with David. Quarterback situation at Georgia. What to expect from that competition here this summer. David's got some great insight on that. Uh, information on Mike Bobo. All of that is later on. Also, Look, concern trolling in the direction of Alabama after they lost an in-state recruiting battle yesterday. We'll do some of that, too. That's a fun thing to do. I'll give you a couple of sort of opportunities to make fun of Ohio State coach Ryan Day before we're done on the show today there as well. But for now, on everything involving Georgia football and a guy that our next guest knows very well who had himself a very good week, uh, let's talk all things dogs with the former Georgia wide receiver Terrence Edwards here on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Meriwether and Tharp today. From Athens and across the SEC or wherever the recruiting trail may lead, here's a DogNation.com insider. A lot to talk to uh, Terrence Edwards about on the uh, program here today. Uh, Terrence, I want to begin with this. This is something we've talked about on the show a little bit over the course of the last couple of days. You know, obviously Georgia was so well represented on the preseason All-SEC team. They had like 16 total players, 11 on the first team. That's a staggering total. I mean, that's beyond the realm of comprehension to have that kind of you know talent level on one team at one time, if it indeed turns out to kind of be the way it plays out here this season. But in particular, when it comes to some of the pass-catching options, how much did you love seeing Ladd McConkey get a first-team All-SEC nod? Obviously, Brock Bowers and some of that kind of stuff there as well. He's first-team All-SEC too. You know, It finally sort of looks like, Terrence, a lot of these playmakers who did big things for Georgia a year ago expected to do even bigger things here this year. It sort of seems like they're kind of finally getting the credit they deserve, doesn't it? Most definitely. I'm very uh, happy for Ladd. Um, I found a picture of Ladd and I when he first started training with me. I just popped up on my memory. I sent it to him. I said, the good old days. So I, I understand the work he's put in to get to where he's at. And, uh, you know, he, he's one of those stories that you pull for. Uh, Underappreciated, uh, non-existent recruit that people didn't know to first team all preseason, all SEC. So that's a lot of, uh, a lot of hard work, sweat and tears, but – for a guy that I really know, I'm very happy for him. Yeah, and so I had somebody ask me this this week about, you know, what is it you see in a guy like that? Because you were very open about him from the very, you know, beginning and obviously had a relationship with him. But 
I think the thing that we have learned to see about Ladd is, is that, you know, given his size and given, you know, you know, characteristics, you may have had, you know, sort of a, a view of what you thought McConkey could be. At least someone might have had that thought. But the truth is he runs really well. His lateral quickness is maybe his, you know, most elite trait. Uh, his ability to kind of go up and, and, and high point the football, even as a, not a super tall guy, he's, he's just more athletic than people would have ever thought he would have been. Like how much of that did you see from him back when he was training before even getting to Georgia? Um, the first thing I saw, just the way he caught the football, he had very natural hand and quickness. And that, those are two things that can make a wide receiver. Uh, it's quickness and his ability to catch the football. And I saw that very quick. I saw his ability to understand and comprehend and process the information that I was giving him. And he's a former quarterback. So, you know, I got a soft spot for those former quarterbacks oh, right. and receivers. That's exactly right. And then in the case of Bowers, you know, was also first team on SEC. You know, this is a guy – and, you know, my, my hope for him during the summer was – is that he would finally kind of be recognized as, you know, to me, Terrence, you put him in the same category of Marvin Harrison Jr., you put him in the same category of Caleb Williams, you put him in the, in the category of best players in the country, regardless of position. And I think now that's the way that he's being treated. And I think that has probably taken a little while to get there because I think people just have a little bit of a different kind of thought about a tight end. But the production speaks for itself here. And kind of post-media days, we're also seeing Bowers, I think, get the right kind of chatter on him too. Now, these players themselves, they don't care about that. And certainly Kirby Smart wants the attention where it's supposed to be on the team and the collective goals they have together. But I just think it's appropriate to appreciate what we're seeing in, in, in front of us here and Bowers being treated as what he is, which is maybe the best player in the entire sport. I'm kind of glad to see that too. Oh, I think so. I think I think Brock is the best pound-for-pound football player in the country. Um, I think once he's it's said and done, Brock, for his abilities, probably be uh, definitely in the top five of all UGA all-time players. That's how great I think he is. And, um, you know, as long as he stays healthy this year, he's going to continue to uh, chase down all my records. So I'm, I'm very happy for him. Um it, it, you know, once we lose him, we do have some guys in the wing. Yeah. So Coach Hartley has done a great job of recruiting that position, have a, a vision for what he, his tight end should look like, and they should look like Brock Byers. I want to talk about a guy for a moment I think you know pretty well. We haven't mentioned this in the show yet this week. We certainly probably should have before now. You know, Before you were at Milton as a coach, you were there at Pace Academy. One of the guys that came through there was Andrew Thomas. I actually talked to a couple of Pace Academy football players yesterday. They were certainly very well aware of this. Uh, Andrew Thomas got paid. Massive contract extension for a guy that deserves it as much as anybody ever could. Uh, Terrence, how happy are you for the fact that, like, Andrew Thomas, like, from the moment most of us ever knew anything about him, was just so businesslike. Like, he stepped on the field as a true freshman as a starter, became one of Georgia's best offensive linemen immediately, made the entire, I mean, Georgia's offensive line in 2016 before he got here, if we're going to be completely honest, that was not a great offensive line. It wasn't even a good offensive line if you're just being, you know, blunt level honest here for a moment. In 2017, it changed just like that. Thomas is a huge reason why it did. He handled himself with total class the entire time he was here. He goes to the NFL pretty quickly. It's kind of become one of the uh, most important linemen in that league, getting a gigantic uh, contract extension right here after having been the number four overall pick a couple of years ago. Seems like it could not have happened to a better dude. How proud are you for Andrew Thomas and the big payday he got this week? very proud very proud i was uh, fortunate enough to coach andrew in high school so i know andrew very well 
Um, and it couldn't happen to a better person. I And I sent his offensive line coach at Pace Academy, Kevin Johnson, a congratulations because he's done a great job with the offensive line at Pace. He is Pace Academy uh, with Jamari and Andrew. Uh, Kevin Johnson has done a tremendous job just shaping those young men to be young men, and they're great people. Um, so I, I'm very happy for him. He's well-deserving. I mean, you can ask for a better person to get that type of money because you know he's going to do right by himself and his family. Yeah, it's almost like you want to try to figure out some sort of way to bottle that up and sell it, right? And, you know, listen, I'm sure when it comes to, you know, developing as a player, you know, you have, I'm sure, some ups and downs and some rocky roads at times when a guy's super young. But as I said before, by the time, you know, we knew who Thomas was, it's been kind of all, you know, straight ahead, you know, pointing towards the top, which is obviously where he is right now. And the approach that he's taken to that, I just think, is so commendable. If, if you could bottle that up, if you could sell it, if you could replicate that with everybody on your roster, whether it's high school or college or whatever else, that's exactly what you'd want to do. He has just seemingly taken the right approach to his career every step of the way. Yes, and if I could quote the off- his offense line coach at Pace, who actually taught me how to coach high school football, uh, Kevin Johnson, he called it the blueprint. Uh, he, he's been following the blueprint of Kevin Johnson since he was in middle school, him and Jamari and many others. And this is uh, the blueprint that he laid out for Jamari as a, as a ninth grader. And, and the blueprint is still in effect and it's shaping up. I mean, I think Jamari will be the next one in the next couple of years to, to receive a payday. Um, so give all the credit to Kevin Johnson and Andrew Thomas' family. Yeah, I saw where Jamari was obviously on social media super happy for Andrew Thomas. And you're right, for uh, Coach Johnson there, you know, Jamari hadn't gotten the big payday yet because he kind of got screwed by the NFL draft uh, unfairly, I believe. But if he continues to perform like he did as a, as a rookie, then you're talking about a big-time second-year deal for him too. When you start thinking about some of these high school coaches in Georgia who have kind of gotten their future you know, NFL stars paid, uh, you know, the, the former offensive line coach at Pace Academy there, he's going to have bragging rights over just about anybody at that point in time. Oh, most definitely. I mean, he got two guys that uh, started at left tackle. I mean, you just think about what everyone thought of Jamari. No one really thought he could play left tackle in the NFL, and, and he's, he's done it, and done it at a high level. Um, yes, we all thought he would be a first or second rounder, but it is what it is. He, he's there now. He started. He showed people that he could play. And, uh, you know, that's, that's the blueprint that Kevin Johnson laid out for them. And, and when you have players stick to the game plan, this will happen. I want to finish with this topic. And I don't want to get too deep in the weeds on this necessarily, but I am kind of curious of your thoughts because you know this state really well. You know, yesterday we saw Dylan Raiola, the brand-new Buford quarterback, the five-star Georgia commit, of course, at the uh, first-ever Georgia High School Football Media Day. I was lucky to be a part of that. I didn't get to be there when Dylan was there, but I was there uh, a little bit later on after my show was done. And I think for those of us who follow Georgia High School football, Raiola at Buford's going to be really interesting. Buford's obviously one of the best programs in the country. This is also – Terrence, a program that's been a little bit run first in, in the past. They had Justice Haynes a year ago. You would certainly want to be if you have a guy like that. But that's kind of been their overall, you know, uh, approach in in most years. What kind of outlook, what kind of expectation do you have for Ryola here this year? I mean, obviously going to be playing against great competition. I think it's a great measuring stick for him. And maybe a proving or not proving is the wrong word because he's proved himself as a prospect. But, but maybe a preparation ground for him as he gets ready to go on to Georgia and yet, you know, just given the way in which Buford plays, it may not be just the biggest stat lines in the world. You know, what's your overall expectation for what we're going to see Dylan playing in our state here prior to going to Georgia once the season's done? 
you know, if I had to predict some stats, I would think he'll throw for about 2,200 yards, about 25 touchdowns. Because Buford's going to be Buford. Buford's going to run the football, and I don't think they're going to change their identity just for uh, Dylan Raiola. They're, they've been very successful doing it the Buford way. But I think they'll throw it a little bit more, but they're going to do what Buford do, and that's running power football downhill. And, you know, obviously, you know, you've got your own things to worry about there with the Milton program, but I'm guessing you're probably like me on this a little bit, which is I'm just kind of glad to have him here. A, it's entertaining, you know, anytime you have, you know, better players in our state. And this year, gosh, we got such a you know high level of talent in the state. It's going to be so much fun to watch these games over the course of the next few weeks. But also for Georgia fans who want to feel like they know more about Dylan before he gets here, you know, playing against these 7A Georgia defenses and what he'll be seeing throughout the regular season and the postseason we expect there too – it's just an interesting data point seeing Dylan against this better competition, which Georgia undoubtedly is. So I think it's kind of good all the way around. Now, I guess if you're, you know, a fan of a different program or involved with a different program, you know, it's one more thing to kind of think about in terms of, you know, your competition level. But in terms of evaluating Dylan, boy, I think it's really fun here over the course of the next few weeks. Yes, I think so. I think, you know, for the Georgia fans, it's going to be exciting to be able to just go to a Buford game to see your future quarterback of the Georgia Bulldogs right down the street from you. So it's going to be exciting. You know, I'm here in 7 a.m. If, if God willing, hope we get an opportunity to play him just to, you know, see him up close. So it's going to be a great year in 7 a football. It really is. And a Milton-Buford matchup sometime in the future, I think a lot of fans would be very, very interested in that there as well. Terrence, good stuff. Uh, I know you're working with those middle school guys right now and uh, obviously all kinds of things throughout the year going on with the Terrence Edwards Wide Receiver Academy. So remind folks how they can uh, connect with you online if that's something they'd like to do. Yes, you can reach me on all social media platforms at Terrence Edwards Wide Receiver Academy. Terrence, thanks for your time. We'll look forward to talking to you soon. Thank you. Let's take a look around the rest of the league. This is SEC Through. Yeah, so we'll play some of what Dylan had to say on tomorrow's show. Once again, you can see that with Jeff Sintel last night before the Hedges presented by Kroger. Good stuff from Dylan Raiola. You know, it's, I'm sure, kind of an eye-opening experience. You sort of walk in for the very first time on a media day like that. A lot of TV cameras, a lot of reporters. Uh high school football is just different in a state like this college football there is as well and obviously we're proud of the way we do it around here and we're happy to have dylan in our state and a part of what's going to make and this season so much fun you think about the quarterbacks alone between like Ryle and obviously i mean the julian lewis hype train the 2026 quarterback at Carrollton, that really hasn't even left the station yet but my guess is uh that's going to happen here right now obviously had a great freshman year and I think that creates an opportunity for more eyeballs to be on him this year. We're actually going to have him on Petrie TV uh, kicking off our first week sort of think of as our regular season, our drive for the GHSA state title on the road against a Rome team that's always really good. So we're starting to think about it here right now. We got some really good games on tap, including the Dave Hunter Corky Kell Classic coming up uh, really in just a couple of weeks here too. So it is here and we're excited about all of it. And something else I'm excited about there as well is a Royal Caribbean cruise vacation. Now, I'm in kind of like the work mode of the year. We got season coming up, high school, college, everything else. So it's going to be a minute or two before I get a chance to take a Royal Caribbean cruise vacation. But it's not too soon to start thinking about 2024 travel plans. And if nothing else, I know I'm going to be on board Allure of the Seas coming up April of 2024 for the next iteration of the Dog Nation cruise. And a great travel agent named Jessica Slater, you've heard me mention her before, she has already been hard at work laying the groundwork for an unbelievable Dog Nation cruise. You can call her 
at 770-718-9147. That's 770-718-9147. Or you can find a website that she's put together specifically for you. It's royaldogs.com. Now, let me give you some of these details with the Dog Nation Cruise and why you need to go ahead and make your plans to be a part of this here right now. We've only got a small number of staterooms left that we have reserved to be a part of this great event. We're going out of Port Canaveral on board Allure of the Seas. What's important about that uh, and our Dog Nation cruise is, is that you guys kind of want it to be bigger and better than it ever had been before, and that's what we have a chance to provide for you because it's an Oasis-class ship, Allure of the Seas, one of the largest cruise ships at sea, more to do on board, more fun, entertainment, dining, bar, lounge options, uh, great places to eat, great places to drink, all that kind of stuff. Uh, Allure of the Seas has got even more of that. And to sort of meet the moment here on a bigger ship, more exciting activities, we're going to have even better and more specially themed Dog na Nation activities there as well. Plus, the one thing you know we have to do again, we got to go to Perfect Day, Coco Cay. There is nothing like it anywhere in the world. The private island exclusively for those on a Royal Caribbean cruise vacation. So it's the Dog Nation cruise. It's coming up April 22nd through the 26th. Uh, make sure you find that online, royaldogs.com. Going out of Port Canaveral, on board an Oasis-class ship. It is going to be an outstanding time. All right, let's get ready to go cruise around the SEC, courtesy of Royal Caribbean here for a moment. I want to go back to the Riddick news here for a second because the real news here is not the fact that demarcus riddick you know flipped away from georgia that had been kind of expected to happen and the fact that auburn won his services you know i think that auburn was clearly a factor in this recruitment the story here that i find to be the most interesting is the fact that alabama did not win this recruitment it certainly seems like alabama gave its best shot over at riddick and if you want an example of there have been some people who are wondering, is there something different about the Alabama 2024 recruiting process than what we've seen in the past? And in some respects, it seems like, no, things are just fine. The average overall you know, player rating for the recruits Alabama currently has, they certainly have a very high rating. So from that standpoint, Alabama is still chasing down blue chip players. They got a you know really impressive 2025 commit this week. So in one respect, things seem fine with Alabama. But in other respects, it sort of seems like Alabama's 2024 class has gotten off to a little bit of a slow start. While Georgia was hosting a bunch of visitors, Nick Saban was in Italy. You know, you're kind of left to conclude of, you know, are, are, is Alabama approaching this in the same way that everybody else is? And Riddick going to Auburn, I would say, should be treated as a little bit of an eye-opener here. Because you can go back and find the video online. On the day of the Alabama A-Day game, the spring game there in Tuscaloosa, Nick Saban chauffeured, and he wasn't driving, but Nick Saban chauffeured Demarcus Riddick to the stadium in his car, like his Mercedes or whatever it is he has. He's got the Mercedes dealership. Um, in Saban's car, you know, Saban and Riddick are riding along together to the stadium for that spring game. So it's pretty obvious that Alabama put a big uh, full court press on Demarcus Riddick. They didn't get him. Auburn did. Now, you know, the rumors out there that Auburn has access to a big NIL fund right now, they were kind of holding that money. Uh, because they didn't want Brian Harson to waste it. Uh, and so now that Hugh Freeze is the coach there, they're kind of unlocking some potential in that program that Harson was just never going to have you know, the opportunity to take advantage of. So maybe that's part of the story here. But you better believe Alabama fans are noticing this right now. Head-to-head -head loss uh, against Auburn for a player of the caliber, caliber of Riddick they've clearly gone after. Just worth filing away. Do I still expect Alabama to have an elite recruiting class before this cycle is done? I do. I think it'll be something close within the standard deviation or so of what Alabama typically has been. 
But losses like this will certainly get your attention, and certainly a lot of Auburn fans kind of waving the flag today against their in-state rivals because they feel like they got over on the Crimson Tide, and we want to make sure you were aware of that. Something else you may also be aware of, uh, yesterday we found out a rumor that had been out there and kind of sort of you know dismissed, I guess, a little bit, finally came true, which is that Colorado is leaving the Pac-12 for the Big 12. Now, let me give you the interesting backstory here on this for a moment. So, Here's the landscape of the Power Five conferences. You know that the SEC and the Big Ten both recently signed very large and lucrative media rights deals. In the future, those two leagues are sort of thought to be the big two conferences well out in front of anything else as a part of the college sports landscape. Then underneath that, you've got the ACC, which is a league that a lot of members would seemingly like to get out of. It's a pretty open secret that if certain members could leave the league, if they feel like they have a place they could go to, they would want to leave but they can't right now because the ACC has a very long-range media rights deal in place and it's you know kind of a paltry sum of money compared to what the Big Ten and the uh, SEC have but it's also legally binding kind of holding that league together there's also a handful of ACC teams that wouldn't have anywhere to go if the ACC disbanded so they certainly aren't going to vote to break up the league because it's their ticket to remain a part of the major college sports landscape so you've got the ACC intact but the members in the league are not happy, but they're also not going anywhere because of the nature of that contract. Then you've got the other two Power Five leagues, the Big 12 and the Pac-12, who've been kind of battling because they've both been in the process of renegotiating media rights deals, the the funds that kind of fuel the, the leagues here. And we don't talk a lot about this kind of stuff because most of this takes place a good long ways from here. And, you know, a lot of this sort of takes place below the standard of the typical teams we would talk about on our on a show like this. But there's been a real battle between, I would say, Big 12 fans and sort of national media types. And it's amazing. The same national reporters that get everything wrong, and there are literally a handful of you know, high Twitter follower, what you sort of think of as blue checks, although now they make a big show about not having a blue check. It's kind of funny. <laughs> um, but uh, high Twitter account follower, national media types, they are wrong about literally everything i mean if you think about it it's hard to get it's just as hard to get everything wrong as it is to get everything right but there are certain handful of sort of national media types who are literally oh forever on getting anything right and the latest example of that is there's been a lot of high-minded you know ivory tower talk among some national media types that the big 12 is essentially doomed to disband because it has no value whatsoever and a lot of Big 12 fans have been sort of saying, well, how come our league is worse off than the Pac-12 is? How come our league couldn't poach from the Pac-12 and you know kind of build a league that can have some staying power? What does the Pac-12 have going for it in kind of a post-USC, UCLA world? And a lot of national media types have been left to say, well, you just don't understand the nature of all this and blah, 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 blah. Well, come to find out, fans were right again. And it seems like some of the media types were wrong again because Colorado has been now poached from the Pac-12 to the Big 12. Now, some of the folks far out west are going to say, well, it doesn't matter. You know, uh, Colorado's not very good. Uh, it's probably the worst program in the Pac-12. But it's also the first of what could be more dominoes to fall there as well, because we've now heard from some of the key leadership around the University of Arizona. Uh, they're certainly getting a little nervous here, it would seem, with the idea that Colorado's leaving. They uh, gave, put out a statement yesterday saying they're watching for that Pac-12 media rights deal to come out. You know, the Pac-12 has promised this TV deal to come out over and over and over again. It never has. And there's a 
very good chance that a lot of this is going to be available on streaming only. And it's going to be a very small contract overall, uh, kind of based on what maybe previous media rights deals would have been for major power five college conferences. And the sense that I get is, is that Colorado might not end up being the last team to leave from the uh, Pac-12. And the Big 12, in this sort of battle to see which of these leagues can truly have some staying power and survive, I mean, the best that I can tell, the Big 12's made pretty shrewd moves since losing Texas, losing Oklahoma, and they have ensured their survival, it would seem. And some of the, you know, sort of ivory tower folks who think the Pac-12 is destined to always have a spot at the table because they have a lot of fancy pants academic you know institutions it sort of seems like those folks that thought that may have been wrong again now one more story to get to here uh before we kind of um, uh hear from david green the former georgia quarterback ryan day the ohio state coach i'll just be very candid about this just for a quick moment we're also going to make fun of ryan day in a moment for our golden shoe to kind of close out the program today day is not a coach that i respect and when it comes to like the overall battle between fan bases and rival fan bases and programs and like there is some of the nature of hey sometimes you respect the guy across from you as a worthy adversary obviously we like making fun of Alabama Nick Saban and we like you know kind of anytime we can sort of poke fun or or you know point up you know some sort of negative of course we're going to probably take the bait to do that but I've never met a Georgia fan that didn't respect Nick Saban that is clearly a worthy adversary on the day that Nick Saban does retire maybe sooner than some Alabama fans wanted to be. But uh, on the day in which Nick Saban does retire, Georgia fans will look at him and say, you know what? That was a guy who made our life really, really tough for a very long time. You can't really coach college football over the course of a long period of time better than Nick Saban coached it. Uh, respect will be given. The proverbial, you know, the, you know, kind of figurative handshake will certainly be given. Take your hat off, whatever you want to describe that. That's the way that Georgia fans will feel about Nick Saban when he retires, possibly as soon as the end of the season when that finally goes down but that same level of respect is not extended to every Georgia adversary and I would say that Ryan Day is certainly an example of the latter on that this is a guy who has whined incessantly about the peach bowl still complaining about the officiating there and basically complaining that Georgia played too rough in that game because of the Javon Bullard hit against Marvin Harrison Jr which unfortunately resulted in a Harrison injury but from a Georgia standpoint prevented a touchdown which clearly you're trying to do if you want to win the game well, the day whining actually extends beyond just the Peach Bowl and what happened between Harrison and Bullard. He was at Big Ten Media Days this week talking about the fact that he wants to move the Ohio State-Michigan game off of the last week of the regular season because in the future, the Big Ten's not going to have division format. No league's going to in the future. And he's concerned about the fact that you may see Ohio State and Michigan now play in back-to-back weeks in in future years playing at the end of the regular season and in the big in the Big Ten championship game there as well and I'm sorry like the idea that you want what like a century's worth of history I mean like other than the uh you know pandemic year of 2020 in which the Big Ten embarrassed itself and Michigan Ohio State did not play that year um like I mean, don't you have about a century's worth of history of Michigan Ohio State playing to conclude the regular season? And now Ryan Day wants to do away with all of that. You can read the story at ESPN.com. Wants to do away with all of that because it's too hard for him to consider playing Michigan in back to back weeks. Day, if you had the capacity for shame, ought to be embarrassed. Uh, you know, the idea that 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 you want to kind of twist this history, do away with that heritage 
because it makes your job just a little bit easier? How about you just beat Michigan, period, before you worry about having to play them in back-to-back weeks? You know, that might be step one on all of this. And, you know, the old jab, I guess, that Jim Harbaugh kind of threw in his direction of the guy who was born on third base and thinks that he hit a triple. You know, I, I don't know that there's ever been a more apt description given ever at any point other than that. This is a guy who seemingly his entire coaching career has been handed to him and all he does publicly is ask for more things to be handed to him there as well. That is not a good look. And we'll make that cruising around the SEC, courtesy of Royal Caribbean. And we'll turn our attention back to the Georgia Bulldogs here. More on what expects to be a very intense quarterback competition. Uh, a brand new level of insight into the new Georgia offensive coordinator. His second tour of duty here with Mike Bobo. And a fun event coming up on Saturday there as well. A lot of ground to cover with the former Georgia quarterback, David Green, here right now. David, welcome back, and we hope you're doing well. Yeah, Brandon, good to be on, buddy. You having a, having a good summer so far? Yeah, so far so good. Certainly looking ahead to the upcoming season. And obviously, David, when we look back on your career, one of the things we remember you for is really being one of the most prolific winners in the history of college football. That was kind of the hallmark, uh, you know, your record in terms of, you know, how many wins you're able to lead Georgia to as the starting quarterback. So certainly you understand what this Georgia team has been able to do over the course of the last couple of years and, frankly, how hard all of that is. You also have been, I think, cheering as loudly for this as anybody has because of how proud you are of your alma mater. What has it been like to kind of watch Georgia win these last two national championships and now have a chance to come back and, as we say around here, go for three and 23, win another one again? It is really an amazing time to be a dog fan, isn't it? Uh, It's incredible. You know, I was thinking about the other day, my third child is a six-year-old boy, and he loves going on and watching, like, the YouTube videos of the Georgia games and that kind of deal, and and I was telling my wife the other day, I'm like, this, he's got no sense of reality because Georgia hasn't really even lost a football game since he was uh, you know, four, three, or four years old. So he just thinks you know, every time we come up to a football game, it, it always ends up on the good side of things. <laughs> so <laughs> we've, uh, you know, we're certainly enjoying this run while we have it. And I think you know, Kirby said it perfect at the end of last year, championship game. He's like, look, we can't take this for granted. You know, it's – to win a national championship, you got to have some luck. You've got to – some things have to go your way, and you have to obviously have a great team and, and work extremely hard. But, yeah, um, yeah, the fact that we're even uh, even talking about a three-peat um, is incredible because even you know, winning one of them uh, every now and then is pretty impressive. And I think last year, you know, when they, they just showed that Georgia-Ohio State game, yeah. you know, replay not long ago, and I think any Georgia fan, <laughs> when we go back and watch that one – you're going, man. How did we pull that one out? Sure. But, uh, but I don't. I tell people I don't apologize for that because no. we've been in that. We we've been in Ohio State situation when right. we played Alabama a few times as well. So uh, it was good to be on the good side of that one. So you mentioned your kids going back and watching the old uh, films. What do they think when they see on YouTube? They see Dad back there doing it, whether it be Tennessee in 2001 or Alabama in 2002, or some of the great wins that you got as a Georgia quarterback. You know, what do your kids think about going back and uh, watching you in some of those old older games? You know, first thing they'd mention is, Dad, the film's kind of blurry. You know, they just don't think it's that cool anymore. You know, they've seen the plays a few times, but they they love watching the current stuff. I mean, I think maybe it's just because they're, you know, they're so used to seeing the the kids' names, and uh, I think it's still trying to hard, especially for the younger ones, to kind of piece together. Yeah, Dad, you played, you know, trying to you know put it all together, but. Uh, with all the excitement right now, uh, you know, with the Georgia football program, the success they've had, 
it's actually been a lot of fun as a family because we've got to do so many fun things in the fall uh, and have so much enjoyment just geared around watching the dogs no, play. That's so great. It's been awesome. Well, speaking of the current team and what's going on, obviously Georgia's about to wage a pretty serious quarterback competition here. It's been ongoing, obviously, throughout the year, but now it's about to get really serious with the start of fall camp next week. You know, you've got Carson Beck, who seemed to end the spring kind of ahead there, and yet, you know, Kirby Smart has made it very clear that, hey, this is wide open, and a guy like Brock Vandergriff has his chance to emerge here, and uh, Gunnar Stockton's going to be heard from there as well. Obviously, Stockton thought to have a very bright future in this program. You know, you know what it's like, David, to, to win a quarterback competition in Georgia and then kind of hold on to that job as well. So you've got some experience to kind of think about how these players are going to handle all of this. I guess what, you know, are you kind of looking for from that position from Georgia here over the course of the next couple of weeks? Well, first of all, it's going to be tough to uh, step in, you know, step in Bennett's shoes, what he was able to do. I mean, he was he was remarkable and and really when we needed Stetson to play his best ball he did I mean you know you look at the those playoff games the kind of success he had was incredible um you know uh you know all the reports you hear from Carson Beck is he he's done a phenomenal job of stepping in commanding the offense I think a lot of people can see and kind of get a feel for how athletic um you know Brock Vandegrift is I mean he's got a huge arm I remember watching play a number of times in high school as well you know, the one thing that you know may possibly give him an edge at times as well is I've heard I heard an interview at one point they asked Kirby, have you, you know, do you evaluate the quarterback position any differently now since Stetson has been here? And he said, No, not really, but he did say, I do put more stock in mobile quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And so I think that would be something just naturally, you know, uh Vandegrift's probably a little more athletic and run the run the football a little bit better. And so I think that's something that could maybe give him uh, an edge a little bit, and then when when you look at Gunner, I think Gunner to me is just one of those guys that he just kind of has an it factor a little yeah. bit. Like you can't really always put your finger on what made them unique, but it's, he's kind of one of those guys that when the ball is in his hand, you kind of think that you're going to go down and score. And you know what I mean? You can't necessarily put your finger on why, but uh, he just kind of puts that. He has kind of that aura, which is great. So. You know, Georgia's in a great position with the level of talent we have there. And I can imagine Kirby's in a pretty you know, tough position here because, you know, it's different than when I played. I mean, you got to constantly recruit your own kids uh, every year as well. That's and right. so I know there's certainly no incentive uh, to make an announcement early on, uh, even if he's leaning one way or the other, uh, just because he wants to hang on <laughs> to as many good quarterbacks as he can. I want to close here in a moment because you and I are going to be a part of a really fun event on Saturday. I want to make sure people are aware of that, their chance to meet your former coach, Mark Rick, which we had Coach Rick on the show a couple of weeks ago. So I'll tell folks about that here in a moment. Let me squeeze in one more question before we get there, though. Another thing that you have some insight on that I think a lot of Georgia fans are very curious here this year is the return of Mike Bobo as offensive coordinator. Now, Bobo wasn't your offensive coordinator. I guess that would have still been Coach Rick, but he was your quarterback's coach. And at the time, he was only a couple of years older than you were. So I guess that was a little bit of a, you know, probably a different kind of deal there than most coaches you may have dealt with during your career. But, you know, as someone who has kind of been, you know, interacting with Coach Bobo on kind of a coach player relationship, what kind of personality did you see from him kind of behind closed doors there? And what do you think Georgia fans? are going to get from Coach Bobo as he kind of returns to that offensive coordinator role here back at UGA again? Yeah, I would say Coach Bobo, his personality demeanor uh, is a lot closer to Kirby. I mean, he is a fiery, competitive guy. I mean, I can only imagine, uh, you know, 
Kirby and, and Bobo together. I mean, they, they're extremely competitive. They want to win. Um, you know, he, he's proven time and time again he can really uh, he can score a lot of points. There's no question with that. And I love the fact, I think Brandon more than anything, that he's had a year under his belt already. So he already understands, you know, the terminology they were using from last year. He understands the personality, the personnel of the team. Uh, and he understands probably uh, the way the, what Kirby's looking for. And so I think it's great. You know, I think it's a lot harder sometimes when you're just coming in for the first year and trying to get used to, you know, being around the team and the personnel and how Kirby's doing. But he's already been there for a year. He's got a good feel of what kind of players he's got around him because that's, that's key for an office coordinator, right? You're trying to figure out, like, how do mm-hmm. I maximize, you know, my, my team's skill set. And, uh, and he had a head start because he was already evaluating and drawing up plays last year for the team. So it's this Saturday, starting at 3 p.m. there at the D1 training facility in Athens. Uh, former Georgia coach Mark Rick, a great collection of former Georgia players, David Green, our buddy John Stinchcomb going to be there as well, Bakari Rambo, uh, Tim Worley, former Georgia running back. Uh, the best way to kind of get more information about this, because you do have to have uh, tickets in advance to be a part of this, if you go to eventbrite.com, that's uh, B-R-I-T-E, eventbrite.com, C-A Autographs is who's putting this on. So you can get your autograph uh, ticket there for Coach Rick, a uh, great collection of former Georgia players, including our uh, good friend David Green, who's going to be uh, obviously there as well. So terrific event going down this Saturday. I'm going to be there too uh, from 3 to 5 p.m. there at the D1 training facility in Athens. Athens, an unbelievable day of former Georgia players, uh, many of whom played for uh, Mark Rick there and Coach Rick himself there signing autographs too. So going to be a great event. Go to eventbrite.com and then CA autographs uh, for the Mark Rick autograph signing once you get in there to Eventbrite. Uh, what a great day. You do have to have tickets in advance on this, so uh, make sure you uh, check that out online at eventbrite.com for a lot more on that. David, I know you love the chance to interact with Georgia fans, kind of tell old stories and remember uh, great moments and obviously a chance to spend time with coach rick i know none of us are going to turn that opportunity down now excited i mean it's anytime you get a chance to see coach rick it's former players is great and just with the excitement of you know georgia football coming back just uh really excited and they've done a fantastic job with that d1 facility you know coach's son um john rick yeah. has done just an amazing job you know he's off at the coordinator over at prince avenue and watching those guys light up the scoreboard last year he's done a really really good job and he's uh He's great at developing kids. So, I mean, if you're around the area, I mean, I would, I would definitely suggest coming because he, they definitely know how to develop uh, some talent. Uh, David, thank you so much for your time here today. Love your insight on these dogs. Obviously, we've got great memories of your career, and we have a, a good time uh, talking about that too. But uh, I know it's a fun time to be a UGA fan and great perspective from you on all that. I'll see you on Saturday there at D1 uh, with Coach Rick and a great collection of former Georgia players and hopefully back here again on Dog Nation Daily presented by Meriwether and Tharp again very soon as well. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it, Brandon. How much do you love having David Green here on Dog Nation Daily presented by Mary Weather Drop today? David's a guy that's been guest of ours many times over the years. Had not had him on in a little while, though, so it was fun to get him back on there and looking forward to seeing a lot of you on Saturday. Once again, it's eventbrite.com, CA Autographs. That's who's hosting the autograph event. You do have to have your ticket in advance. Uh, be there at the D1 training facility 3 to 5 p.m. on Saturday for that. Coach Rick, great collection of former Georgia players, including David, John Stinchcomb, uh, Tim Worley, Bakari Rambo, a lot of former dogs in the building on Saturday and really excited about all of that. All right, also want to be excited about this there as well. We kind of uh, had our, I guess, a little jab at 
Ryan Day a little earlier. How about a golden shoe to make fun of the guy? We're not calling Blackbeard because of the unnaturally dark color of his beard. Archduke Waverunner sent this to me. He said, I forgot I made this while back. Uh, we were talking about the chemically enhanced beard uh, the other day. And so he decided to send this to us. It's the easy color, uh, hair and beard, uh, no stains on the skin. Yeah. Listen, I'm just telling you, I don't know that anyone's beard, especially most guys, the beard comes in a little bit grayer than the hair does anyway. The idea that Ryan Day's beard is that dark colored. We sort of think there may be a little bit of a, a chemical enhancement. He may be like the baseball of the 1990s uh, when it comes to, <laughs> to, to chemical enhancements of what we're kind of seeing there on our screen. So very funny stuff by Archduke Wave Runner. We will give him a golden shoe there for that. We'll also remind you our Gator Hater Countdown. Lousy Stinking Gators. 93 days from now, Georgia in Jacksonville beating up on him again. We love the cocktail party. We love the fun. There is nothing more fun than dragging around the Gators. We will look forward to doing that to those Lousy Stinking Gators 93 days from now. That is our Gator Hater Countdown. We'll see all of you back here tomorrow for Dog Nation Daily, presented by Meriwether and Tharp.